Welcome to the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast by Venus O'Hara. I'm here to welcome you into the world of orgasmic living by hosting experts to discuss orgasmic topics such as nutrition, spirituality, personal development, sexuality, and much more. Here, we will offer lifestyle lessons that can help you lead a fulfilling, joyous, and orgasmic lifestyle. I'm your guide, Venus O'Hara. Welcome to the 32nd episode of the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast by Venus O'Hara. In this Hunter's Moon episode, I'll be discussing sex and death and overcoming adversity. I'll be sharing an erotic story called Eros and Thanatos. Then I'll be discussing the book I'm reading now, which is Success Habits by Napoleon Hill. And finally, we'll be experiencing a guided meditation with affirmations for overcoming difficult situations. But first, let's talk about my experiences with sex and death and my views on the monarchy. In this episode, I've included some topics that might seem depressing at first glance. For example, there are some affirmations about overcoming adversity. And I'm also sharing a story called Eros and Thanatos, which is about sex and death. I was inspired to share the sex and death story because people were asking me about the Queen and um, how I felt about her funeral and all the stuff that's going on. And it seems kind of... A while ago now, but um, yeah, so that what that's what inspired me, and I'll just briefly tell you what I think about the Queen. I think it was uh, interesting to see, or to see how people remember um, the deceased. For example, there are people who will just focus on everything bad that someone did, and others who will, you know, only see the good. Um, so I think that's a kind of an interesting thing to think about when you think about legacy. Um, so that was interesting. Well, for me, I, I don't really care about the royal family, to be honest. I don't really have any strong opinions um, about the royal family, but I will say that I admire um, the Queen's um, work ethic to keep going until the age of 96. And just, you know, a couple of days earlier, she was meeting the new prime minister, which is admirable, especially at that age. And so that's, that's about it, really. And I just think... Um, I asked someone in my family what they thought about it, and they said she was a great woman, but the rest are no good. <laughs> and that kind of sums up how I feel about it as well. And I think um, there are a lot of scandals in the royal family, and they are kind of like the national soap opera, or maybe international soap opera as well. And I don't really know how I feel about monarchy and privilege and all of those things, because when you look at the crown and um, the way people lived, I mean, I know the crown is like fiction, but it's not really the kind of life that you would want, you know, to have no privacy and, you know, just no freedom in, in many ways. You might have a nice bed to lay in, but, um, you know, life is not just about money and um, nice houses. There are other things that, that, you know, like love and having the freedom to kind of have the type of relationship you want to travel where you want to go to kind of go out and, and just not feel that your um, everything you do is going to be analysed. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that I feel sorry for them or anything like that, but I just think um, 
it's not all it's cracked up to be, not that I would know, but it's not something that I would envy at all. And I don't know about, you know, whether it's beneficial on, a, on an economic level or, is if, or if it's costing money. But it was very in, um, impressive to see all the protocols of the of the funeral, how everything was managed. I think that was quite um, incredible. Um, and yeah, so that's about it really, about the Queen. I don't really care much more than that, to be honest. And um, I, I obviously don't like, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a kind of, I must confess, I'm quite a fan of uh, Harry and Meghan and I'd really hate to see all the bullying that goes on in the press about them. Um, I mean, we don't really know these people, but everyone has these opinions. And I just, I'm just a romantic. I don't really, obviously don't know either of them, but I believe in love. Or I think that it's fantastic to you know, choose someone. Um, just so I, I hope their love survives because I am a romantic and that's all I think about it really. But um but thinking about adversity and um, royal families and etc., I think um, the hard times in life are the times when you really learn. And I think death is the greatest life lesson that we can have when you really realize that, you know, time is, um, you know, it's not unlimited and we must make the most of our time here, which is sounds like a massive cliche, but sometimes we're just in this, in this bubble of going about our daily lives and then when someone dies or something bad happens then you suddenly get kind of it's like a waking wake up call and another thing about diversity um, not diversity adversity which is absolutely wonderful is that in many ted talks that i've watched there's always this plan or there's often this thing about you know i'm here now with this wonderful life but it wasn't always like this and, and i think great things are born out of um, adversity, I keep saying diversity, but adversity of, you know, those situations when you really struggle and you hit rock bottom and then the only way is up. And I know that's, it's been like that for me. Um, I mean, some of the greatest things I've done in my life have been a reaction to something very difficult. And I always tend to see the positive and everything. And I always think, what can I learn from this experience, which is so, so terrible. And in the story today, I'm going to share, um, it's called Eros and Thanatos. There is a bit of an erotic, because I think something, there is quite something quite um, erotic in death as well about wanting to feel alive. I think that's when you just sometimes value your life a lot more. Sometimes when you are, um, when someone dies, um, and it makes you think about your own life and it just makes you feel sad that they've gone and makes you question all these things that sometimes you just go about ignoring most of the time as you live in a bubble but I remember a situation when um, someone close to me died and I just felt this surge of erotic energy I just wanted to feel alive so 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 much and try and escape from the the pain and just feel the blood you know running through my veins anyway that is what today's story is about and that's all I'm going to say because it's quite a special one so I hope you enjoy it Did you know that you can use your sexual energy to manifest the life of your dreams? It's called sex magic. I've been practicing sex magic for almost five years and it's changed my life. If you're interested in one-to-one -one magic mentoring with me, visit my website, venusohara.org to find out more. 
Now it's time for this episode's erotic story, Eros and Thanatos, by Venus O'Hara. Eros and Thanatos, by Venus O'Hara. The phone rings, and I know instinctively that it's the call that I've been dreading. My eyes are stinging, and tears are running down my cheeks. I try to maintain my composure that I can take note of the details about their passing. The fact that it's not unexpected and the knowledge that they have lived a long, well-lived life doesn't make it any easier. After hanging up the phone, I begin to cry uncontrollably. It becomes impossible to contain my sorrow. While I'm sobbing, I can't help thinking about things that only make me cry harder. It doesn't take very long for my red-rimmed eyes to swell up. Luckily, I'm not alone. He's in the next room. Noticing my sobs, he approaches and takes me in his arms. I rest my head against his strong, manly chest. I feel emotionally drained and vulnerable in his tender embrace. I explain briefly what happened while he strokes my hair reassuringly. I close my eyes and press my body against his even more. I feel his heartbeat and I inhale his scent. It awakens something deep down within me. That mixture of sweat from his armpit and the perfume on his neck is intoxicating. I breathe it in and I become mesmerized by it. I want more. I let my hands go up under his shirt to caress the naked skin of his back. Suddenly, he realizes that the comforting embrace is becoming something else. He moves his head away in search of my gaze. When our eyes meet, I notice his confusion. Are you okay? He asks me with a worried tone. Yes. I need to feel alive, I explain. He frowns and looks even more confused. I make it easier for him to understand what I mean. Fuck me, please, I beg you. I don't want his pity. I want wild sex. I need to feel the blood running through my veins. I need to know that I am very much still alive despite the drab and depressing mood that I find myself in. I need to feel my heart beating and my breath accelerating and, above all, I have to feel the spasms of an orgasm. Despite the concern and chivalry he's showing me, I cannot help noticing that he is hard. I press myself into him a little more, to determine how rigid he really is through our clothing. Then I devour his face with passionate kisses. He responds with the same enthusiasm. There is no place for inhibitions. The moment must be seized and exploited to the fullest. We undress. I explore his body with my fingernails, my tongue and my teeth. I enjoy every millimetre of his skin. I see that he's a little overwhelmed by my enthusiasm. 
Within seconds, my sobs are replaced by moans and gasps. I want to exploit every sensation that's on offer. But just when we get down to it, on all fours, I remember what has happened. At that moment, I suddenly feel paranoid and anxious. I wonder what happens to us after we die. Do we become spirits that can see everything? I hope not. The mere thought disturbs me. I try to erase it from my mind so that I can go back to concentrating on the sensory overload from the thrusts I feel in every part of my body. After our mutual orgasms, we enjoy some post-coital cuddles in silence. As I get my breath back, I return to reality. There's nothing quite like death to put things into perspective. As sad as this is, I feel even more motivated to live. The book I'm reading now is Success Habits, Proven Principles for Greater Wealth, Health and Happiness by Napoleon Hill. I love Napoleon Hill and you'll know that if you listen to this podcast often. And I bought this book when I was in the UK recently, well, a month ago now, and I found myself in Waterstones, one of the big bookshops there, and it was like heaven. So I bought seven books and this is one of them. And I read this on the plane. This week I've been in Germany. I've been in Hanover in Aerofame, which is a sex toy fair, the biggest business to business sex toy fair in the world. And it was been, I've been going since 2014. So I wanted to read something entertaining and something that's going to help me to think big. And it certainly um, has, has done that. And this book, I've nearly finished it now, actually. So I, I would say it's a more digestible version of the same ideas that are discussed in Think and Grow Rich, and The Law of Success. So many of the similar topics. But this book is actually a transcript of some of Napoleon Hill's um, radio appearances in the 50s. So it's very, it's kind of very conversational, very easy to read, very easy to grasp. And I think it's always good to um, reread the message over and over so that you can apply it to your life. And it really has helped me um, in this week, actually, of my life. This week has been, because I have been going through some some times of, let's say, self-doubt. And I think being a freelancer, sometimes you can feel it can be quite isolating to try and discipline yourself, working on your own, and just um, your collaborators are people that you, you know, they could be on the other side of the world. You're only communicating via email and um, Zoom calls. And just to see people in person, and um, it was just, for me, this week was just incredible to actually help me to think bigger as far as work is concerned. And also, every time I read Napoleon Hill, it's definitely making me think bigger at all, like think and grow rich, literally. And anyway, we're going to read a little bit about, um, from this book, which is a section about um, having a pleasing personality. And there are 25 factors that he mentions. I'm not going to go into all of them, but one of them is the 25th factor, the last, but probably something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. And that is the 25th factor is that of personal magnetism, an inborn trait and the only one of the traits of personality which cannot be cultivated. 
but it can be controlled and directed to beneficial usages. When I speak of personal magnetism, let's understand each other. I'm speaking primarily of the emotion of sex, that great creative constructive emotion which is responsible for the growth and advancement of the world. Yeah, so it's amazing. I think I would think of that as being charisma and something that made me think about that lately as well before I actually read this paragraph was that I met a guy recently who was giving a talk and I just noticed that he was like honey um, in that, I think it's Wallace Wal- uh, Wallace Wattles that talks about this in The Science of Getting Rich, which is, for example, honey doesn't chase the flies. Honey just thinks about being sweet and does, and just is sweet. And that sweetness is what makes the flies come to it. And I think it's really important to try, you know, not try and um, work too hard to get people's attention in any way. You know, it could be work, it could be um, professional, it could be friendships. And that's something I've done sometimes. I've tried to be a bit of, I've been a bit a people pleaser, someone who's overcompensating to try and get people to like me or get approval. Whereas you should really just focus on being the honey and having that magnetism that people just want to be around you. And that's something that's such an incredible gift to have. And um, it really made me think of that anyway. And yes, I'm going to read um, a little bit about this book from the blurb as well. Um, Napoleon Hill, the legendary author of the classic bestseller Think and Grow Rich, has been immortalized for his contribution to the self-help genre. In this never-before-published work, he continues to share the wisdom that has changed the lives of millions. With straightforward, engaging language, Hill explains the fundamental rules that lead a prosperous life, from the importance of having definiteness um, of purpose to the inexorable influence of the cosmic habit force. Hill's principles offer a new way of thinking about intention, self-discipline, and the way we lead our lives. This was actually delivered originally as a series of delivered uh, as of speeches. And that's why it's so conversational and easy to follow. And I actually was curious about reading um, some Amazon reviews about it. And they all said it was just so much more easy. It was easier to understand and to grasp than Think and Grow Rich, which I thought was interesting as well. But yeah, so I'm going to be uh, reading more of Napoleon Hill for sure, because every time I do, it helps me to think bigger. And I've had such a successful week connecting with work colleagues and and also watching people, meeting people who say, you know, thank you for your videos, videos, you're doing a great job and uh, your videos really help me to, um, you know, I know which which toys to buy. Because when I mean my videos, I'm talking about my sex toy reviews that I publish on YouTube. And I have had a little bit of a dip in traffic on those. So sometimes it can be frustrating to put so much effort into content and then they don't get the response that you would like. But then again, you have to think about the fact that every view is a person and that person can be a distributor, a, um, a shop owner, and it does make a difference to them and and the, the products they buy. And then oh, and that's obviously delivering orgasms to all their customers. So it really kind of made me feel a bit more self-assured about my work and um, yeah, thinking bigger and believing myself and um, believing in myself and hopefully becoming 
more magnetic. Yeah, so that is Success Habits by Napoleon Hill. Highly recommended. Now it's time to slow things down as we prepare for this episode's guided affirmations meditation. It's probably not a good idea to listen to this while driving or operating machinery. Instead, take a break from whatever you're doing, get comfortable, take a deep breath and enjoy.
Did you know that you can use your sexual energy to manifest the life of your dreams? It's called sex magic. I've been practicing sex magic for almost five years and it's changed my life. If you're interested in one-to-one -one magic mentoring with me, visit my website venusohara.org to find out more. To find out more about me and my orgasmic lifestyle, visit venusohara.org or follow me on Instagram at instagram.com slash venusohara. Make sure to search for the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast by Venus O'Hara in Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening. Have an orgasmic week and make sure every day is a climax.